Hello and welcome once again to Dumpster Dive, an exploration of cult cinema. I, of course, am your host, Patrick, and with me is my brother and my co-host. Me. My name is Jordan. And we're here to talk to you about uh, a film in a genre that is a favorite uh, here on the Dumpster Dive. I feel like whenever we do yes. a horror film, which is what we're doing on this episode... People really respond to it. They like the horror films. We like the horror films. There's a lot of horror in the dumpster. There's a lot of horror in the dumpster. And uh, I think we found a pretty good one to discuss this time um, by a great, one of the all-time great horror directors. Um, and It's also, uh, it's also the second, um, fourth movie in the series that we've done. It, what was the other one? Indiana Jones. Oh, okay. Well, this and uh, this is uh, enough teasing. Let's. Uh, I know it's like I wanted to talk about it, and then I realized you haven't said. What I know, was. but then they always do that on podcasts, and I do it too. But then, of course, it it's in the title of the episode, so the people are listening to this. Maybe like we have fans who are just like they they don't look. They like cover their eyes, and they we, it might be on they, shuffle. Yeah, they before they hit play, they don't want to know. Like, I want to hear the trailer and be surprised at what they're talking yeah, about. That's not so for those for those fans out there, let's play the trailer, and we'll be back in just a moment to talk to you about this movie. What's your favorite scary movie? Here is my Woodsboro Massacre anniversary question. What is your favorite scary movie? One generation's tragedy is the next one's joke. What is your favorite scary movie, man? I'll show you. This week marks the anniversary of the infamous Woodsboro murders. Local celebrity victim Sydney Prescott chose to return to her hometown. Welcome home, Sydney. Watch the preview of coming events. What do you want? Who is this? murders after the original movie. Time for someone new to die. The unexpected is the new cliche, and virgins can die now. Does that mean that I'm not going to live as long as these two? Clearly. To be the new version, the killer should be filming the murders. Down! Down behind you! Go ahead if you have the guts. Not to implicate him. He can't kill Sydney. She's victim royalty. Not true. It's expendable. Point taken. Guaranteed third act main cast bloodbath. Fingers crossed on some nudity for a change. Time for your last question. Name the remake of the groundbreaking. Or all the way you took this chase part down to the set the hill there hides the Amityville Horror Last Christmas House of West Long Night Night Bloody Valentine. It's one of those, right? None of the Ebba. I'll be right back. I know this one. You're not supposed to say that, are you? <laughs> Okay, you have just heard the trailer to Scream 4. A West, shocked? A Wes Craven film. 
Is this Wes Craven's last movie? It is. Okay. Yeah, I think I forgot about that, and I just found that I, recently. I had yeah. I had thought so. Yeah. So I'm I don't know if this is he died. I think four years after. Yeah. This not, was 2011. He died in 2015. I not think. long after. Um. Yeah, I think I knew that, and I kind of forgot about that too. And have we done a Wes Craven movie? No. I don't know what no. we've done. We've probably mentioned days. one, but yeah. No. I should always look back on our list. We almost did people under the stairs. Oh yeah, and we still. Likely will yeah. that movie that's a good, that's the one that needs to be it. talked about, but I think this one deserves a revisit mm-hmm. too. And revisit it, we did. Um, I saw this movie when it first came on theaters. You probably saw it around the same I, time. I was trying to think too. I don't. I didn't see it in the theaters. I don't think, but I did see it around that time. It was probably released like in, right when it came out on video. It was released in 2011. Yeah. So this is the 10 year anniversary, and it was about this time of year too. Um, so it was, this is the 10, oh yeah, I guess it is probably the this 10-year is the 10 year anniversary of this film, which is insane to me because yeah, I, I didn't. Even Think about you that, know, I yeah. to me, ten years is like six months ago. Yeah. So I, I just feel like this is the new screen movie. But this, you know, is probably it is now the newest it's, movie it's itself still. ready for a revival. Well, I was thinking probably about the same amount of time has passed between now and the time this came out than passed between Screen Three and Screen Four because Screen Three must have been late, very Screen late nineties, two thousand, two thousand. Yeah, so eleven years. So, yeah. It's about so, time. Can, that is there mind, is a new screaming development. Is that yeah. not mind blowing to you though? That like because I try not to think between about Scream that. Three <laughs> and Scream Four seems like a lifetime to me. Yeah, but to, between Scream Four and now it seems like about six months. And the difference between Scream One and Scream Two is like less than a year. Right. <laughs> that seems about right. Though. Yeah. So I felt like it was like one, two, and three came out, and then there was this vast stretch of time, and then it, the series was revived Scream Four. But yeah. now we've had as much time pass between. Now on Screen 4. I heard they're making a new one with the Ready or Not guys. Remember that movie? Okay, Ready or yeah. Not? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Um, well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We don't want to talk about Screen 5. <laughs> there's a lot to talk about with the Screen franchise, but Screen 4 is... Really there is. Good. There is. So, uh, so, there's so much to talk about, I don't know where to start. Well, summarize let's start it. by summarizing the film. Thank you for keeping me on track. <laughs> um, let's summarize this together, because I All feel right. like the screens are always like they had a twisty... When was the last time you'd seen it? I, I feel like I watched it... Again, um, between 2011 and now, but I, okay. I it's probably closer to 10 years ago than I feel than like now. I've wa- I think I watched it last year for Halloween or something, yeah, or, or during October. Yeah, I, I, I think I've watched it again, but I mm-hmm. haven't seen it for a while because I watched it now to do this like a few days ago, yeah, and it was still like super fresh. Right. Well, good, then you, sh- you should really be doing the summary, but I'll start and you can jump in and correct me. Yeah, so, I can fill in the blanks, but you can put it together better. Yeah. So it had been about 10 years um, in real life time and in movie time between mm-hmm. the events of Scream 3. Um, which we all try to forget. Yeah, which is the, the not good one. Mm-hmm. Um, the only not good one. And I'm not going to summarize the whole Scream franchise, so if you no. don't know what Scream's about, you're out of luck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're probably not listening to this podcast if you have no idea what Scream it's is. It's a metaphor movie. About. Yeah. Um, so after a very meta, meta, meta opening mm-hmm. sequence for which the franchise is famous, um, we jump into our story, which concerns, uh, Sydney, Nev Campbell's character yep. returning to Woodsboro, yep. um, after having been away for several years and she's returning as an author. Um, her book is she's called on her book tour. Yeah. Out of the darkness or something yes, like yes. that. And and so her whole deal is like she's kind of embraced her um, 
you know... She'd been, like, the final girl in all the movies. Yeah, she, she the ultimate final girl, and... She'd been, like, a survivor, so she wrote a book about her, her experience. experiences as a survivor. And, and not being of, a victim Yeah, anymore. so she's kind of, like, not wanting to define herself as a victim, so she's, she's found a way to come to terms with her past by becoming a very successful author. Yeah. So she returns to Woodsboro... Um, she has an agent um, mm-hmm. who's kind of an annoying, obnoxious character. Um, and we meet other characters from the original franchise, including David Arquette as Dewey, who is now the sheriff. Mm-hmm. Um, married. I forget if they were married in a previous installment. I know they were a couple. I couldn't remember either. They get engaged at the end of the third one. Okay, so now they're uh, he and Gail Weathers, played by Courtney Cox, are a married couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dewey's doing quite well as the sheriff. Yeah. Um, and he has a young deputy who sort of has a crush mm-hmm. on him, bakes him treats and stuff. Um, and Gail Weathers, Courtney Cox, his wife, who had been... Kind of a, a frenemy to most of the other characters mm-hmm. in this movie, as I remember, recall it from the original trilogy. Um, she was the reporter. The reporter. She's kind of fallen on sort of hard times, kind of lost her way. But she's she, like living in a, she finds herself living in a small town. Yeah. Then, and she's yeah, there's not and, a lot going and on. And she also is trying to be an author, but unlike Sydney, she can't really yeah. think of what to write about. Because well, she wrote the original Woodsboro Murders. Yeah, which was a true life account of what happened that the Stab movies, which are the movie in movie franchise, was based on. <laughs> it's going to get very confusing. It's Scream, people. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of levels and layers of reality mm-hmm. and references here. Um, yeah, now she's kind of out of things to write about. So, so she's, she's hoping something else happens. So she doesn't really, hasn't found her place in this new kind mm-hmm. of like world in the way that Sydney has. Yeah. Um, and then who else? And then we have. So we have our great returning cast, which mm-hmm. everyone's terrific. They're kind of the core group. Yeah, which I love about the Scream fa- franchise, that you mm-hmm. follow like the regular human people yeah. across the franchise rather than like a killer, but we'll get yep. into that. Um, and then we have our uh, new generation. So it's a mix of like the older characters and the newer characters, mm-hmm. very well done. Um, so we have... Because yeah, I suppose, what, Dewey and... Um... Nev Campbell, or not Nev Campbell, but Sydney are probably like in their early 40s, maybe? Yeah, probably. Something like that? It must be something like that, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, And uh, so we have our new generation of of characters. So, like, help me when I blank on Emma Roberts uh, Mm. plays Sydney's niece. Cousin. Cousin. Thank (laughs) you. Um, They don't really know each other that well. No. um, But... uh, Her mom and Sydney's mom were sisters. Yep. So, so Sydney's mom was so the one that got so murdered. It's her cousin. It's her cousin. It's her cousin. Okay, so she plays. Even um, though it would almost make age-wise more sense. Yeah, to yeah. She's her younger, her younger cousin. So she's cousin. she's one of the characters, Jill. Jill, and she has an ex-boyfriend mm-hmm. who's kind of like delving into creepy stalker territory. The the kind of like the original. Yeah, the inference <laughs> is. He's cheated on her, but now kind of wants her back. And they talk about him. You don't see him a lot, right? So, so he has this. He has this kind of creepy kind, kind of, of a red hair. Yeah, of, very much. So, uh, so that he's another character, and then um, there's the two film geeks. Um, oh yeah, Rory Culkin, yeah. and I don't know who plays the I other. I don't know his name. The either. other kid, um, but they're like this. I know it's Robbie and. Uh, Charles? Is that what are, Charlie, Charlie. They're this um, kind of, Charlie. yeah, they run the kind of AV club at yeah. school, and they put on the big um, 
Stabathon. Stabathon, where they show all the Stab movies, because Stab is now a franchise, and the way Scream is now a franchise. And they live in the town where it happened. Too. Yeah. Um, so you have those characters. Her friends, too. Jill's friends. Yep. They're getting calls from the killer. Yeah. The wannabe killer. And then there's uh, Hayden Penatou, whatever her name Something is, like character. <laughs> Penatier. Um, she's, she's a friend of Jill's, and she is um, like a film buff, too, but she's yes. like a hot, sexy film buff. Yes. And then, which the one guy from the the AV kids is kind of crushing on her. And then, um, I'm trying to get all the characters, because there's so many, and they're all important, because they're all, like, you There's know, a few of them that die off, like, right away. Yeah, well, <laughs> then they have the kind of really, really pretty friend, who's, like, the first victim. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I forget so, her name, but... So I think those are all kind of, like, the major, major players, and, mm. yeah, that's what happens. So at the same time... Sydney, Nev Campbell's character, returns to Woodsboro it for her book It gets started, like, tour. pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's the, in town, and then the next... The killings begin. Yeah. Like, kids start being killed off. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's essentially the story, right? So, like, Sydney, there's some incriminating... And then, well, all the screen movies, it's a murder mystery. There's some then incriminating you evidence found in her car, so she's arrested as a yep. suspect right away. Um, Gail immediately wants in on helping with the investigation because she wants to, this is her chance. This is, and, she says, this is what I'm good at. And you Dewey's know? trying to be professional, so he's trying to keep he's her like, out, no, even really, though it's his wife. You really can't be like helping yeah. us solve this There's like, a lot of good like dynamics we did back there. in the day. Very character-driven. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like mur- there's a serial murder on around ghost face killer copycat of the original killer yeah. from the movie and um that's what's going on so all our characters have to figure out what's going on and as is a steam scrape steam scream staple scream staple scream staple as you uh, <laughs> alluded to everyone is a suspect which makes yeah. it a lot of fun um because that's the thing with scream it's like it's not like Friday the 13th where it's like Jason is in every movie. No, that is what's great about Scream is it has a constantly and like, interchangeable villain. Right. But the cast, like you follow, it's like a soap opera. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, it's, good, it's Sydney's back again. So you follow the like the regular human characters across the franchise and like the monster is different. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I like that about Scream. It makes it more of like a soap opera. Kevin Williamson, of course, is the screenwriter of these. Yeah. Um, does a great job here. And I think is as much an architect he didn't write the third one. Though. No, he's as much an architect of the screen franchise as Wes Craven is. You know, yes. it really is a combination of the two of them. Yes. And I didn't realize how different like the script is from the movie in terms of like how he let people kind of improv. Oh, well, I'll be interested. Let Wes Craven kind of. There's stuff in there that Wes Craven wrote too. Like they okay. kind of almost did it together. I'll be interested. And Kevin Williamson was very kind of. Hands off. Okay. Like, he turned the script in, yeah. and he's like, you guys can have fun with it. Because it so. seems, I always think of these, It's they seem like Wes Craven movies, but they also seem like Kevin Williamson movies, yes. you know, who wrote a lot of TV, like Dawson's Creek and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I'll be interested to hear more about that when we get into that, because um, it, it's a really great kind of collaboration, I, yeah. I think. Um, and, a, and and if you don't think so, look at Screen 3, that wasn't written by him. Yeah. And you can tell that's there's the a giant difference. That's it is the a dud, yes. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, I'm trying to think where we want to start because, like, I kind of want to talk well, about that's, like that's pretty much as much as you can summarize without. Yeah, that's the story. That's the story. Yeah. You know, so it's a lot of running around, a lot of meta clever references mm-hmm. to like other films. And that way, it's very similar to the other screen movies, hundred percent, which is great because that's kind yeah. of why you're here. But yeah, you know, you know, it can't always end the same way. So there's always got to be. It's always trying to figure out who the killer is. Yeah, I love that aspect of it. Yeah. So at some at some point in the discussion, we might spoil the ending of this ten year old film. 
So we'll just throw out a, yeah. a spoiler warning if we do, but we, we might be able to talk about it without doing that. It's not it's not like super important. Well, I think we will because I really love the way it ends. Okay. I love the ending. Well, why don't we why don't we get kind of your opinion on the movie in general and then just throw out a spoiler warning before you talk about the ending and just your opinion on that. Okay. So what's what's your well, part of it includes the ending. Okay, well let's just okay, so from here on out, spoiler warnings for this ten year old film. We are going to mm-hmm. spoil the ending of Scream Four. But give me your, your review of the movie, basically. Okay. Well, I have to include the other movies, too, with it a little bit. Yeah, because, I want to talk about them, too. Because when I was growing up, Scream was like my... Like, I was so into Scream when it came out. I think I was, what, 15? What year did it come out? 96? Okay. 14? Yeah. Something like I didn't see it in the theater. Yeah, you would have been 14, because I would have been 16. Yeah. I didn't which see is it. perfect. Yeah. So <laughs> that is, ex- that it is was exactly like, how old you want to be with Me and like out. millions of people, it felt like the movie was talking to me. But then I've revisited it like a whole bunch of times since then. It holds up tremendously. Like, it's so good. I think it's a classic. And, and I think most people think that. Well, I love movies that have something to say. Yep. And not even that it's something super like important. It can be something kind of disposable, like slasher movies. But Wes Craven saw like something deeper in there. He's like, "Well, no, we can we can we can look into this. Like, there is a lot of psych like psychology going on here." And I think Kevin Williamson knew that too, um, even though it hit, he just had a great idea. But then when I, I remember when I rewatched Scream Two fairly recently, maybe like two or three years ago or something like that, because uh, there have been a whole bunch of movies following Scream, like the oh yeah, the teen oh it kicked off a whole revival. genre. It kicked off a whole genre. And I always said like. The, only good one, or only great one, to almost get to the level of Scream was Scream 2. Mm-hmm. Scream 2 is almost, if not if as not good. Better. Yeah, I don't, it might be better than Scream. Yeah. And when I saw that, I was like, Kevin Williamson had so much to say in Scream, he just he couldn't fit it all in that movie, because he clearly had more to say. Right. Because Scream 2 was just like a continuation of just like his thought yep. about like movies and sequels, and like it was all in there. Screen three is about nothing. Right. Screen three is about they're making a movie about it. It's, right. It's so bad. Right. For so many reasons. Right. <laughs> it's just, it's a betrayal and it's an embarrassment. And there's no Wes Craven, no Kevin. No Wes. Wes Craven directed. Oh, he did. Okay. Yes. But that's why I'm saying like you can tell why it was such a good fit between the yeah. two of them because take Kevin Williamson out of the equation. And it's just not. Nope. You've got to have both of them. Screen. You've got to have the some of the core actors: Nev Campbell, David Arquette, Courtney Cox, and you've got to have. Wes Craven and Kevin Williams. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think I, I, I mean, I know they're going to keep the Scream quote unquote franchise going, but to me, I don't know if it's going to be Scream mm-hmm. anymore. I don't think it will be, you know, because yeah. we lost one of the key components. Well, yeah, that's yeah. Well, way to bring me down. Oh, I brought the podcast <laughs> way down. All right, let's bring it back up and talk about. No, but we're, we're talking about with um, the second one that had like more to say, and the third one had nothing to say. Yeah. I feel like the fourth. Found something to say absolutely about, about remakes and reboots. absolutely. I feel like that was his in. Absolutely. He's like, how do you make a movie ten years later? Yep. Well, what is everybody doing now? They're doing reboots, so that's what we do. Yep. So the plot is about them trying to the real characters trying to reboot the murders. They're yep. not copycat murders. They're trying to like take the place of the people, and then they comment all the way along about how. You're not doing the things the same way. So it flatters the audience for knowing like mm-hmm. what had happened earlier throughout all the movies. And they kind of don't gloss over the third one. Yeah. Even, even though it has to be because it's in there. Right. <laughs> but they're constantly talking about just 
uh, reboots yeah. and remakes. The whole and philosophy how, behind that. And, yeah, and, yeah. And I'm like, I just thought it was a great idea because you always think that they're going to run out of ideas. Right. Like with Scream, what is it? It's a murder mystery. Right. Every time it's, there's a killer yeah. and Sydney's in, right. Sydney's the main character who the killer's coming after. How many times can you find something Scream, else about Scream it? is so well done, the original, and it's such a Scream great... Scream 2 is so And it's good. such a... Well, yeah, but that's the thing. Like, it's such a great idea that you would think this is a one-off. Mm-hmm. This is the you can only do this once, yep. and the fact that they did do a second one and it was so good, and I would argue they did do a fourth one that mm-hmm. is quite good. Yes, it I don't think it's really as good as testament. one or two. Right, but I think it's I think it's definitely underrated because me and you have talked about it yeah. a lot before that this is going to age well. Yeah, and I think it really does too because it talks about like being famous on the internet because oh, yeah. he's got that component all going in it too because mm-hmm. there's another part where it's going to spoil it a little bit. The villain is kind of motivated by wanting to be famous by filming their own murders right. and posting everything on the internet. Right. And that's what they want. It's not to be famous for a particular thing or to accomplish a particular thing. It's fame. It's just that fame in and of itself, and of itself yeah. is the goal. Yeah. And that's definitely the world I think we're still living in. Now. Yeah. Yeah. So I like... And my favorite part of all the screen movies is well, actually the first one is the weakest, but the villain explaining the motivation at the end of the movie. Okay, I love those scenes <laughs> just because it sounds like it would be the worst part. Right, but it, it's so interesting to me. Like, well, because there's a so story cool. underneath it. You yeah, know? And, and they and, they and that's where it. they it's where they really set themselves apart. You know what I mean? Well, it's, it's not like oh yeah, my back... my kid drowned and you were having sex and I want to kill you for for eight sequels. Yeah. you know what I mean? It's like. There's there's a story underneath all this violence and gore we've been seeing. There is a reason for it. There yeah. is a motivation. And I look at it like really more technical too. Is that they kind of write themselves into a corner, mm-hmm. and then they explain like what was going on the whole time. Now that's what every murder mystery does. But I yep. think Scream does it so well. Too. It pays off. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely pays off because you can tell. And everything they don't that was cheat it. On. Everything makes nope. sense. Nope. You know, it's like it all it all ties up. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like and know. each one is like a new little twist on it too it's like you think the story would have to end at this point You're like no there is actually something else that happens afterwards and it kind of makes sense scream is based in the real world although like nothing happening here would ever happen in the real world right. it's close enough yeah where you can kind of follow that so well i don't, I don't want to spoil anything else mm-hmm. other than like who the killer and everything is but i don't know I, it's weird because this one starts out kind of i don't like that intro I feel like it's something. Yeah. That, I feel like it's something that maybe they fixed in the editing room. Right. I don't like. It's almost like two on the nose. Yeah. It's almost like a parody of Scream, almost. Right. Where it's not very clever. Right. Or it's clever. It's clever in the sense that it keeps going. Yeah. But then at a certain point, you're like, all right, and like. Yeah. It's okay. Like we made the point already. It kind of reminds you of what Scream does, mm-hmm. but it's like not as good as either of the opening scenes. Yeah. It keeps. Know? It keeps going with like a scene within a scene within a yeah, scene. Yeah, a movie within a, within a movie within a movie yeah. kind of structure is. And the then idea. finally it ends on like the real characters, and then the movie continues yeah. on. But I just I don't like that intro. Yeah, that's fair. And the other I movie, think it's the, I'm not counting. We're putting we're just for the rest of the discussion. Screen three doesn't exist, but yeah, I, it's even just the opening is definitely not as good as either of the first two. Of course. I mean, oh yeah. The first one is iconic. And, the second one's great yeah, too. Where they're in the theater. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, I fuck, never mind. <laughs> I was going to talk about the third one again. <laughs> yeah, no, that doesn't Forget exist. It. That's dead to us. But a lot of times with movies like this, it's like, it starts out so interesting and so like slam bang and the inciting incident happens 
and then they kind of run out of things to do. Mm-hmm. This I felt it was almost reversed, which is it usually doesn't happen. It got more it's interesting. Kind of it, yeah, along. it kept pulling me into it mm-hmm. and kept getting more and more into it as it went along. So yeah. Maybe that's why the other two, one and two, are better because throughout it starts out strong. There are weaker parts, and then it ends it strong, ends strong too. Yeah. This one's kind of like it builds mm-hmm. to a, a good conclusion. Mm-hmm. I think everything, once they get into Kirby's house, like yeah. I, I love all of it from that point on. Yeah. I don't hate the rest of it, but I feel like it's kind of like a slow build. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That's my, It's a little uneven in that term. Yep, that's fair. That's fair. But this one works for the same reasons the other ones work. It's just great characters, like fully formed characters that you believe and they're real, mm-hmm. like with Kevin Williamson's dialogue, which is believable. It's kind of silly. Like, yeah. it's not it's, it's not how real people talk? No, it's stylized. I think more of And like, they point that out in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to mention, like, Joss Whedon. We don't want to get into that mm-hmm. area, but <laughs> it, it reminds me, his dialogue reminds sure. me of that a little bit. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like a, not like a hyper-reality or something. Right. Like, if you heard people talk like this in the real world, right. that person's got, or like Juno. Like, that, I guess yep. that's kind of an example. But I love that kind of stuff. So do I, too. Like, you can do it really well. Yeah. And that's what Scream seems like to me. So it's, like, great characters and a great supporting cast of, like, somewhat unknowns. But I don't know. I just think they pick all the characters really well. Yeah. Like, all that stuff works so well. In yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a franchise that, like, it flatters the audience without talking down to the audience and positions itself just high enough above the audience that it, it's it's saying something. It has mm. something to say. It has something that it wants you to hear. You know, because there's some movies that, like, flatter... We were talking about... We don't need to name the movie. We were talking about a, a movie that I was disappointed in from earlier oh, this year. Yes. Just before like, we... What movie? Yeah, just before I started recording that. Yeah, it's, it's just all about, all about <laughs> flattering the audience. And it doesn't really challenge the audience. Whereas yes. I feel like Scream... I wouldn't say it's a, they're certainly not challenging films. I mean, these are, you know, mm-hmm. horror films for teenagers at the end of the day. But they're, they're, they're films for teenagers made by adults. You well, know what I mean? And I, said I, that, I think they have something that they feel like their audience needs to hear. I said that Scream doesn't use, and this kind of goes for all of them, but it doesn't, like, use the audience's knowledge to flatter them. It kind of does. Right. Like, that kind of gets you in the door. Yep. But then it uses their knowledge against them. That's very well Because then it takes, like, everything you know about it, so you're, like, leaning forward and, like, okay, now it's going to happen. Right. And then they flip it on you. Yeah. like, oh, fuck. But yeah. it's, like, genuine. Like you say, they earned it. Like, it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that's perfectly stated. Perfectly yeah. stated. Yeah. Um, so, but this one doesn't get talked about a lot. Not at Scream all. 4 I think people forgotten. forget that it exists. Scream, of course, does. Scream 2 does as well because it's like one of the few sequels that is as good and yep. better than the other one. And, and Scream 3, not a lot of people talk no. about, but they at least know. Well, that it Scream exists. was such a hit, and then Scream 2 was what, two a year, two years later? Scream 2 like? came out like right away. Right, like so it was, it was riding that like. And, and Scream, I heard they, they like started making the second right. one while the first one was in theaters. Yeah, and, and Scream also just got bigger when it went to video yeah. and like kids started talking about it. It was just one Yeah, that's movies. how it did. It was a word so of So like when movie. Scream 2 came out, it was just like. Yeah. People were like, all right, we're ready. It's kind of mm-hmm. like Austin Powers and Austin Powers 2 is like that. Um, yes. You know, I don't know why I thought of that, but it's just like the first one, like, it's no, good. Yeah, yeah, but, like, the good. hype by the the hype is yes. at the perfect pitch when the second one comes out. Yeah. And then in I think about that because I heard an interview with Michael Myers, and he was with Mike Myers, not Michael Myers. And he was <laughs> talking about how the first Austin Powers was like an independent yeah. film, essentially. Yeah. And then it was just blew up. And Scream's kind of like that, too. So yeah. The first Scream seems kind of. 
I mean, I saw it on video. Low I saw it on video. Yeah, I'm you know? sure and that's it, where it I saw was it like, too. Um, so like, okay, let it me... It just spread word of mouth. Yeah, so like, um, I kind of want to talk about like my kind of like take on like the Scream franchise in general, just my like mm-hmm. experience with it, which I'm sure is like common to most of the target audience of the original Well, screen. we'd be, like, that age. We're two well, years apart. Well, that's what I said. Like, I like... was 16 years old, so it's, like, the, the that's the perfect age to be. Yes. Like, they probably had, like, an image of me in their head when they were, like, writing this. So and we were already perfect. watching those. Well, that's movies. the thing. So, like, this is my memory of, like, what it was like when Scream came out. This is, like, we're talking about this, like, genre-defining event. But, I mean, it wasn't big. It well, was we're a, talking about the fourth one that came out ten years this ago. This is back so. when you could have movies that weren't just Marvel movies that actually would have, like, a cultural, like, impact. Yes. You know, and Scream was one of those movies. So, like, um, yeah, so I was, like, when I was a kid, like, very young, which I've talked about many times on this podcast, like, I love watching all kinds of movies, but, like, definitely, like, horror films. And I, yeah. I love discovering those with my friends and watching them during sleepovers and just... It was just this whole, like, semi-forbidden world of mm-hmm. wonderful, awful films. And um, most of the films that I was watching... So this would have been the early 90s, because I probably started getting into horror when I was 10, 11, 12 years old. Um, so most of the films I was watching were completed or nearly completed franchises. Oh, yeah. So then primarily, you go back and look at the catalog. Primarily from the 80s yep. that I would rent on VHS, right? Um, so horror, and, and then it, horror was not really coming out in the cinemas at the time. No, Scream was kind of the revival. Exactly. So, so for me, horror films and the horror genre and all of the films that the original Scream is referencing mm-hmm. were movies that I was watching and a couple of my friends were watching and felt very like passionate about and even possessive of, but our friends weren't watching them. It wasn't mm-hmm. what like normal, you know, ev- all the other kids, they weren't like the big movies. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't normal to like watch all the Friday the 13th movies and all the, you know. It wasn't? <laughs> no, and discover all these weird. I was doing something wrong. You know, and, and discover all the cliches and the tropes and the yes. directors. Yes. And just, it was like this kind of private thing. And it was wonderful. And then Scream came out. And many of my friends, who I would not describe as like horror fans, saw the movie before I did. Oh, yeah. And were very excited about it. And I actually remember I watched Scream for the first time with a, a female friend of mine um, who was not at all a horror fan, uh-huh. you know, and we were both very excited about this movie. And it was like, it was such a cool, at the time, I thought it was such a cool thing that like this genre that I had always loved was now very popular. And like everybody was talking about it and the movie rewarded me as someone who like knew about those older movies by referencing them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But yet it was It was one. It was one and <laughs> yeah. it was good enough to please people who hadn't seen all these other movies. Yeah. And it was just great. It was just a great It's because it time. couldn't like really fit into a box. It could kind of bleed over into bleed yeah. over, bleed into those other areas. Like yeah. it could cross those lines where it's like a so, comedy, right, or a parody, or so for me serious? that was the the hook of Scream is that it was taking this cool underground thing that I already knew about that I already yeah. loved and made it mainstream amongst my peers. Um, 
which has now happened again with the Marvel movies, but that's another <laughs> that's another story. Patrick is ahead of his time, as Well, yeah, I, I tend to like kind of... <laughs> a trendsetter. Cult, I tend to like culty things. I yeah. mean, this is a And every once in a while, those become really popular. That's how culture works, right? Yeah. The fringe becomes mainstream. So Scream Cult. was the first time culture. that... That, that, like, happened, you know what I mean? So mm. I remember it as being, like, really fun, and the movie was great, and then I Know What You Did Last Summer, all the yes. other spinoffs, Scream 2, it was just wonderful. You know, I love these Urban movies. Urban Legends. Yeah, and then, you know, by the time, I did see Scream 3 in the theaters, but by the time that came out, it, it started yeah. piddle out, and you're growing up and moving into other things, and I kind of forgot about Scream for, for quite a while, yeah. as a lot of people did. And then I heard they were doing Scream 4, I was like, oh, I should watch the Scream movies again, and then I'll go see Scream 4, and I'll kind of watch them all in order. So I did that, and I was reminded all over again how great Scream was and Scream 2, and not so much Scream 3, but fine. And then you go see Scream 4, um, and when I, when I saw Scream 4, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man, they did it again. Yeah. It was like... I think you and I had the same It was like Wes it. Craven, Kevin Williamson, the actors from the first... It's like... I still got it. And, and in the same way, just everything you said, in the way that Scream 2 found more to say with this brilliant concept, Scream 3, it, or Scream 4, it had a reason to exist. It had something yeah. to say to our current moment. And it was just... I was like, this is amazing. Like, they did this again. This is perfect. It fits perfectly in... The series, oh, yeah. right next to the other ones, yeah. you know? It's wonderful. And then the reception of it... Um, kind of lukewarm. Yeah, it's like people... Because I looked at the Rotten Tomatoes thing, too. It's like, it was like 60-50. Yeah, and like, like, I was so... Audience 50, right. critics 60. And like, that's kind of one of the reasons I wanted to rewatch it and talk about it now, because I'm like, this is a movie that I'm like, it's the kind of thing we like to talk about. It's like the movie that should be the cult classic, but really isn't. It's just like, mm. I was so frustrated that like... People love Scream and Scream 2, but, like, why did Scream 4 get ignored? Yeah, when and it's doing the exact same it, thing. As well. <laughs> as well, yeah. but but carrying it forward, not just copying it. Oh, yeah, it, it's you know not a I mean? copy at all. Um, it's a reboot. So, but I have to say, watching it again now, 10 mm. years later, not after having just watched Scream 1 and Scream 2 and Scream mm-hmm. 3... I didn't have as positive a reaction watching mm-hmm. it. Um, I think everything you said is correct. I think this is a very good movie. And it if you like Scream, you abs- there's no reason not to watch Scream 4. It yeah. is absolutely deserves to be in that series. It's, it's terrific. Um, but I wasn't as passionate about it as I was when I first saw it. And I, I think what it comes down to is like... Your enjoyment of Scream 4 is really going to come down to how invested are you at that moment in the Scream franchise. Mm-hmm. Because as its own standalone film, like if you haven't seen the other Scream movies... Yeah, I think that's very true it. might. It, yeah. I could see how it would be a little underwhelming. and I, It's kind of made for the Scream fans. Yeah, and I think that explains its lukewarm reception at the time. It's not worse than the other Scream movies, um, but it just, it missed the zeitgeist a little mm-hmm. bit. People weren't really thinking about Scream. Yeah, that's true. It was a little too long. Maybe it was a little too early for a nostalgia, you know, thing. And it just kind of, people were like, who is who is uh, Gail Weathers and and, yeah. and Sheriff Dewey and you know I don't that's true you know the, the original audience I'm so was, into it the original <laughs> audience wasn't old enough to have the nostalgia and the younger audience hadn't seen the original movies mm-hmm. 
And it's not a remake. It's a straight sequel. Like, I love that it's just called Scream 4. It's yeah. not Scream the Return, Scream the New Generation, The Scream, or whatever. It's just the next one. And it, it, it plays like the next one, and it feels like the next one. Like, you, it seems like this would have come out two years after Scream 2 or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? It fits right in there. But I think that also worked to its detriment as far as its reception. I think it just... People just didn't really want another Scream movie, yeah. you know? And I think maybe I was a little bit more in that mindset when I rewatched it this time. Um, so I think everything you said is totally right. Um, what worked for me less this time was, like, some of the meta commentary I found a little annoying, a little grating, you know what I yeah. mean? It just rang Like what particular? To me, it was the opening in the beginning. The opening, I don't know. It's just, like, a lot of, like, the discussions of like um commenting on some of the commenting on reboots like like the cheesy stuff like when um he's like giving her the quiz to save her friend you know mm -hmm. what i mean he's like name the remake where and she rattles off this long it was in all the trailers she rattles off a long yeah. list of all these movies that have been remade it's like oh ha, ha that's clever commentary because we all know everything's been remade. That kind of stuff, I thought it seemed a little stale to me. Oh, I kind of I like that. Yeah, <laughs> some of that stuff was a little cloying. And like, even though I liked the ending, which um, and the motivation of the killer um, being they wanted to be famous, they want essentially be a YouTube star, mm -hmm. what we would now call an influencer. Um, that's the motivation of the killer, right? Whether and they didn't care. You can see me as a hero, as a victim, as a like. They just want the fame. Yeah. Um, well, I think that all of that is is true, and and does kind of speak to where we're at. It also sort of felt like two old men talking about like you darn kids these days a really? little bit. It had that vibe a little bit. I didn't get this that time. Vibe. Yeah. And see, I didn't the first <laughs> time, but this time watching it, I was just like a little bit like eh. I don't know, it's maybe a little too on the nose. Yeah, I didn't get that from it, but I didn't. I know what you're saying about like how it kind of more flatters the audience, or it doesn't like cross over to other audiences where it's like no, it doesn't at all. This could you, not be your. You inroad. have to be a Scream fan to because really like this. When this. I rewatched this, it made me. I didn't. I was going to. I wanted to go back and revisit the old mm -hmm. ones, but then then it was like, I just want to revisit it so I can like fill in the gaps that I keep forgetting about. You know. Yeah. So it's like, now I have to do homework to f understand what they were talking yep. about in this movie. So yeah, I, t I totally get that. It does kind of seem like it couldn't it couldn't really exist on its own. But I think it's kind of satisfying as, if you look at all four as like one movie, it's Completely. a very satisfying conclusion. Whole, totally. Yep. So like, the the worst thing, or the, the best thing I can say about the movie is that it is a worthy next chapter or final chapter to the Scream series mm -hmm. it it it's as sharply written it's as you know it fits in perfectly well but that's also the worst thing i can say about it yeah. is that yeah I it's, agree it's that. only the next chapter or the final chapter of the mm -hmm. scream series it's not this kind of like standalone like oh even if you have never seen scream watch scream 4 like you have to have some level of investment in what Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson and these actors are doing already mm -hmm. going in. You know, I think a lot of, like, how you feel about characters like Gail Weathers and, like, Sheriff Dewey and all that depends on those earlier yeah, films. Yeah, it does. Um, I think maybe that's kind of the secret as to why the second one worked so well, too, is that, well, number one, it was so close on the coattails of the yeah. first one. 
But it also, the second one, I feel, could kind of exist on its own, too. It mm-hmm. does rely on that. But I know a lot of that is what Kevin Williamson wanted to do, which is kind of funny. And they were talking about, it was either one of the documentaries I saw, or the commentary, or no, it wasn't the commentary, Kevin Williamson wasn't on there. But he wanted to make it, it made me think of uh, Knives Out, mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson's movie. Because he was talking about the same thing. He wanted to make the movie set in this specific time. He didn't want to make it like universal, like yeah. this movie's going to last years and years and years. He wanted to just make it like, so I'm going to make moments. a comment about this moment yep. in time. And I don't care if it like, because Ryan Johnson did the same thing. He's like, I'm going to set a murder mystery. I don't care. This It's set in 2019. Yep. If in two years this is irrelevant, it doesn't matter. Right. Like, this is what I'm, that's, in a way that's like the challenge of it. Yeah. To not make it kind of like universal. Yeah. And make it more super specific. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. But it's so weird because then Scream just like blew up and of course became that. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I feel like this one is a little bit more like that too, where it's kind of like a flash in the pan almost kind mm-hmm. of movie. But I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Like a, the old men talking about. <laughs> I got a little of that vibe and I don't know why. Maybe And, and I, I honestly thought part of it was like, Maybe it's just that I'm older now, you know, yeah. and I mean, like, maybe I'm aging out of this a little bit, so, like, I can still appreciate it for what it is, but, you know, when I, like I said, when I started watching Scream, I was 16, I was, mm-hmm. like, the audience, and now I'm, like, an adult, so it's, like, I can enjoy it, but I'm not going to enjoy it in the same way that I did, you know, when I was younger, you See, know? I, I kind of like that, talk about the ending, though, because, well, I have to spoil it, because... Yeah, let's go ahead and full-on Jill is now. the killer. So, Jill... Uh, She's Sydney's, the main villain. Sydney's um, cousin. Her cousin, Jill. Young cousin. Yeah, Emma Roberts. Yeah. Who's also, like, I mean, they kind of position her as she is the final girl. You know what I mean? She, yeah. But then it turns well, out like she's I, the like killer. Well, like I said, they're trying to make it into, like, a reboot, or they seem... They feel like the killer is making it into a reboot, so it's almost like she's going to take the place of Sydney. Yeah. But then you find out that's what she was really trying to do. Right. She was trying to... And she says at the end, she's like, yeah, this wasn't about killing you. So, right. becoming so her plan is to, like, murder all these people, mm-hmm. but then do a frame-up job, this elaborate... Her boyfriend. Scene. Yeah, so that she appears that she is the victim and she's the sole survivor of these new statues. she kind of grew up in the shadow just, of her of cousin. Sitting just yeah. the way that Sydney was. Very smart I story. I love that. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what I mean about, like, technically, like, yeah. how satisfying it's that is as a conclusion script. to it's the story. It's a terrific <laughs> script, yeah. Yeah. No, this is this is the kind of movie that like before um, Get Out won uh, an Academy Award for screenplay, mm-hmm. um, you would be like, why can't this kind of thing be nominated? Yeah. Like it's just, it's so so smart. So yeah, I think I, I like that ending where you can like it seems like it's heading towards a slasher conclusion, but then it's all about I just want to be on YouTube and I want fans yeah. and I don't want to get a job. You know, yeah. Like it's kind of funny, but it's like that that could potentially be real like i can yeah. see how that could happen too right yeah yeah <laughs> but i mean then i would it, also it kind like, of flips on the head because it's like it doesn't seem like a satisfying conclusion or it doesn't seem like it would be yeah but then the motivation to me feels like very satisfying right and then when it ends and you think so, like i love all the part going forward after she reveals and like i said where they reveal their motivation the killers reveal their big speech at the end yep um I love when she's like, she when she's trying to frame her boyfriend. So she throws herself up against walls and into mm-hmm. tables yeah. and stuff. It's way and over the top. Stabs herself. It, it, it is, but I'm like, you don't see that a lot no. in movies. And I was like, that's such a cool horror. Like it's just a cool horror scene. And I really kind of like cared about that character. She's kind of like the best 
uh, killer in all the movies, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. she's kind of, like, the best of the, the yeah. scream. I think Emma Roberts is great in that. Yeah, she's too. terrific. She's, she's like, truly evil and, yeah. and just has this warped sensibility and, yeah. you know... Either her or the boy murders her own mom because they you find out they're they, both they team up yeah, yeah they're both ghosts which I think they they've done in other movies her and Charlie yeah the, the AV kid yeah they're both killers so one of them kills the mom but she no, has no remorse over that I think she said she's like I had to kill my own mom like no yeah, big loss just this completely amoral monster yeah. which again kind of feels like maybe the adults like and me as an old adult now like I feel it sometimes looking at these kids of like this complete there's just yes. this complete moral yes. moral bankrupt yep. you know you're like oh my god this that's is what like i mean about it scary. seems like it seems like it's kind of silly because she's explaining she's like the room is covered in blood and every, right. all her friends are dead and she's talking about how she wants fans and she doesn't want to get a job and like, yet like, we, we live in a world where you could see somebody things, laughing at that right or you could be like whoa like that's scary that's and, psychotic and we live in a world where we do see these mm-hmm. horrible things happen for seemingly no motivation or very petty motivation and and i think that's probably what um wes craven and kevin williamson had in mind when they're like well what's what's scary now you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but having said that one thing about the screen franchise that i would say too is a bit of a caveat even though i love them they are not scary no not really you know never they're they're effective as i think wes craven i heard the interview he said they're more thrillers and i think they're more satisfying as a thriller yeah. and murder mystery. Because I always, do, I always feel like... I every, mean, I don't get scared by a lot of horror movies No, anyways, but Scream but really Scream isn't. Not. Like Scream, well, And it also becomes less and less scary as yeah, the series goes on. and like on everything is kind of on the same level. Like everything is like very like brightly lit and like mm-hmm. it's shot in the same kind of style. So it's like there's never this, yeah. this, this um, sense of menace or dread or otherworldliness. Everything is just kind of played very straight. So yeah. you'll have this kind of like sitcom Dawson's Creek style dialogue and then you'll have like blood and, and gore but it's all kind of like happening at the same yep. level you know what I mean See, that's more of a comment than a criticism no, but I, I think it is uh, important to point out when talking about I agree movie. because when I was talking about how it starts out kind of really slow and really builds to that conclusion it almost seems like they had that ending and then they needed to like front fill it with a bunch of movie just to make Get yeah. to that ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it works so well. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. Because I think the directing changes when it gets to that moment. Hmm. And I think it does in the other movies, too. You like, might be right. The the camera angles start to get a little stranger. Okay, it maybe does get a little more they're like revealing like that. Yeah, it does, because then like, after she's like thrown herself against the wall and like stabbed herself against... Then Sydney... So she like stabs Sydney, and she thinks Sydney's dead, essentially. Yeah. And she's bloodying herself up and then she passes out next to sydney but before she passes out she like walks towards her and there's a really creepy scene where it's like following her hmm. and the music's like boom yeah and you're like what the fuck is she gonna do now because right. she's like sydney's dead essentially and she's like slowly like lo- bloody and lumbering towards sydney you're like what the fuck is she gonna do to her right. and then she just like lays down on the ground next to her yeah and passes out and and make sure she's in the exact same pose yep they keep posing next to her white females there yeah very yep, and stares her in the eye yeah she's a great villain she's but then a... after that it keeps going right because they go to the hospital right. after that <laughs> right. and that's another great reveal that i love too yeah. because she even points out she's like so sydney's still alive she finds out yeah and then again it changes where she's like oh i want to go I just want to go talk to her. Right. When realize when you realize like 
what can you do? You can't, like, you're in the hospital. Right, <laughs> like, right. Now your plan is ruined, and she wants to still go kill her. So right. At that point, it's like, is this a plot hole, or is she just fucking insane? Right. It's like, I think she's insane. <laughs> she's like a, a, a monster, though. Yeah. So a then it movie gets, monster. So then at like, that point, it kind of gets a little scary. Yeah. You're like, I don't know what... In, the way, in that way, it kind of mirrors the original Scream, where you feel... I agree that the original Scream is not a scary movie, mm-hmm. but it's scarier than the other ones. Yeah. There are kind of... I, that opening scene of the first Scream... Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's scary, right? But it's kind of it's a little unsettling. I yeah, would call that's it. fair. So I, I, the end of Scream Four, I feel, kind of does the same thing. Where I'm like, it's like kind of cartoony because they're like, she then goes to Sydney's room and tries to like strangle her again. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> they also like, say, this was supposed to end in the house, Sydney. Right. This is getting ridiculous. And they also <laughs> say like Sydney's like, there's a chance she might survive. Yes. She's barely clinging to life, but then she seems basically fine yeah, by the yeah, end yeah. of the movie. You and know also, I mean? there's nobody in the hospital either, right? Right. Which right. they also throw in a line. They're like, which I think uh, Courtney Cox at the end of the movie, she's like. Where the hell is everybody? In this <laughs> <laughs> Which is exactly what I was thinking. But it's like, you know, yeah, that's right. why I say it's not in the real world. Right, essentially. right, 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 right. But I don't know. I, I just love that whole up the house, her beating herself up, and then up until the entire ending of it. Like, I thought they missed a chance for a Halloween 2 reference when they were in the hospital, too. So that was the horror movie I was. Why? Well, just just to oh, just reference, reference yeah, all? reference oh, okay. somehow because that's what I was reminded of when they were in the hospital of, yes, of yes. Halloween too. But um, a lot of the jokes, some of the jokes fell flat for me too. Is another thing I didn't like about it. Yeah, but the the one line I, I liked was when Sydney said. Um, uh, you forgot the first rule of remakes. Don't, Love it. Don't fuck with the original. Yes, I forgot. That was, I'm like, fucking perfect. <laughs> it's like they almost had that line of like, well, we got to write a movie to get this line yep. in there. That's what I mean about but kind of the ending else, of it, too. All the other one-liners and jokes I thought were lame. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't I didn't necessarily laugh at yeah. it. Um, yeah, okay. It wasn't as great as I remember. <laughs> but, 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 I mean, it's, it, it is good. Like, the thing I think it's like there's really good things in it. Yeah. Like, there's good aspects of it. Like, really good. Like, that, no other movie does well. I think it's a good Scream movie. But mm-hmm. it, it doesn't, like I say, it's just, it, you need to have some level of investment in that franchise. It's yeah. not quite good enough to be its own thing. But yeah. it is, um, I think it's a worthy final Scream movie or next chapter if they're going to do more. Like, if it was a TV so- show, it would be a great episode. And I gotta say, well, Scream is a TV in my show. opinion, it's the real shame of this being so overlooked, because I feel like this movie is really overlooked. Like people, oh, yeah. People, I think, literally forget that there was a Scream 4. I think it's a good, a very nice capstone to Wes Craven's career. Yeah. Of yeah. all the great movies he made... In his heyday, and then maybe well, he the, made it under maybe, the wire too, because right, and maybe the not so great ones he made leading up to this. What a great note to end on, I think, and I, I for that reason, I do think it should be more appreciated mm-hmm. and, and looked at again. Yeah, I knew it was his last movie, I think, but I just like now when I was kind of like, I wonder if that was because I knew it was right. around the time that he died. Yeah. And then, and then before this, he made that My Soul to Take movie, which mm-hmm. is terrible. Well, yeah, so that's like, what I'm saying. Whoa, you... Like, yeah, it... it, it <laughs> he ended on a good note. Right, and it's a good note, that, and I don't think people realize that. I think they're like, oh, yeah, he did Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream and yeah. all this kind of stuff, and then whatever. Well, like, I'm a huge fan. I kind of forgot about it's like, that. But yeah, no, he came back, and he did this... Mm-hmm. this yeah, he was like 74, wonderful... I think. Yeah, and I remember he and Kim Wilson talking about, like, oh, yeah, we kind of have an idea for Scream 5 and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, it maybe it could have been a revival for him, maybe not. But um, as as it stands as his last film, 
I think it's kind of cool that he's pretty just, inconsistent as a director, time. but his good ones are really good. Yeah, he well, he's a very intellectual yes. filmmaker. He's very smart. He's the most intellectual. That's why he and Kevin Williamson make such a great yeah. team. They're just totally on the same. Well, page. any interview I was listening to with with um, uh, Wes Craven about it, it's like. He read that idea of, of it, and he was just like, there's so much we can get out yeah. of this. And that's, he's an idea guy. He gets excited yeah. about like ideas. And yeah, yeah, it was just like this perfect. So to me, it was a real gift that for whatever confluence of reasons, which maybe you, you know a little about because you listen to commentary and stuff, mm-hmm. um, that allowed them to revive this franchise when they did. Um, like we said, Wes Craven died just a few years later. Mm-hmm. I think that's a real gift. Um, I think it was probably a gift to Wes Craven. It's a gift to all of us. So... Even though, like, like I didn't love it as much as I did when I first saw it, I think it's a great screen movie, great Wes Craven movie. Yeah. Um, maybe not quite a cult classic, but but deserves to be deserves to be seen as part of the Scream series. Do you think Scream is sure. his best? Wes I do. Craven? Yeah, I do. I think it's his best movie. I don't know. See, it's such a it's a, there's so he much... has so many, and he's so all over the map. Yeah, I mean, I I love. Um, uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street and Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's the other one that kind of that. Well, that was a, that was the primer. That <laughs> was the precursor to Scream. Yeah. yeah, that's where he first started to work out some of those ideas. Yeah. So I love that movie. Um, I haven't seen that one in so long. Yeah, so I don't. I don't know. And there's there's also so much of Kevin Williamson. I feel like, and again, you can kind of get into this mm-hmm. a little bit in Scream that it's like. I don't really know because they don't really talk to about it. To me, it that seems much. like half of a Wes Craven movie in, in a way. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's, it's so different than his other The only thing stuff. I hear, like, I don't, you don't hear a lot of interviews with Kevin Williamson. Yeah. I know he's on the first commentary, but I don't remember that one that much. Yeah. But I know in this in this one they were talking about, and also with the second one, how, uh, like I said, he was trying to just like write it for the moment mm-hmm. and kind of like almost throw it away, like be disposable about it. Yeah. Not that he didn't have great respect for it. Like, I think right. he, he thought it was a great idea, and yeah. he wanted people to obviously make his movie. But he was like, here's the idea for it, and like, go ahead and have fun with it. Because they were talking about how the, he didn't even write in what the killer looked like, the ghost face looked like or anything. He was like, it's like a, a ghost, or it was like a white mask. So this something. is when he was writing the original script. Yeah, yeah, about, yeah. Yep. And then he let Wes Craven just like do whatever he, the hell he wanted. And I, I think uh, Kevin Smith, or not Kevin Smith, oh God, although Kevin mm-hmm. Smith is in the third one. Yeah. <laughs> he said, um, um, what the fuck was I talking about now? Kevin Smith got me sidetracked. He, uh, he just kind of <laughs> threw it out and let Wes Craven do whatever he wanted with it, and then Wes Craven came in. and. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I forget the story. But you, lost your, you lost your thread. <laughs> Kevin Smith always throws me for a loop. Well, what about, um, is there anything kind of from the commentary on this or like anything kind of behind the scenes that we haven't brought up that you think it's is just worth, kind of, worth no, mentioning? No, it's kind of like yeah. little. But but this was kind of the same. Like he kind of wrote the script and then Wes Craven and the actors kind of like. That's what it seems like, yeah. Because yeah. you yeah. said Wes Craven came up with stuff that wasn't in the script. and. Yeah, I forget exactly what it was, but Wes Craven was talking about how he would write scenes and they yeah. had to like work out. Because Wes Craven liked it, too, because it was a murder mystery, and you couldn't just cheat it. Mm-hmm. You had to, like, he was talking about how they would get to the end of the movie and be like, well, our killer wouldn't be this tall. Or it would it, you couldn't have the killer be this because the killer was supposed to be this person. This person is, like, a 
a female and they're short. Right. So it's like you have to like, okay, now we have to like rewrite the whole thing. Because uh-huh. now we've written it. He had to make it all make yeah. sense. Yeah. And, and they do. Yeah. Like, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like all those little details that I don't think Kevin Williamson had written, had kind of worked out. Right. And even like, I think the character of Dewey was totally different. Mm-hmm. And like, all the characters seem to be like kind of different on the page. Mm-hmm. And the people they cast didn't seem like the people that you mm. wouldn't naturally well, cast. And the person and the actors. So it was very bring, kind of like a loose. bring their own thing to it. You know? Yeah, it was very like a loose thing where it almost seems like, wow, this could have gone wrong in so many ways. Oh, yeah. It definitely is a, a, a situation of like, and that's why I say like, like you said, Wes Craven directed number three, but number three ain't. You would like, never be able to tell. It ain't like a great screen movie, you know what no, I mean? And it's, it's kind of not even a real screen movie. No. And, and it's like. That's why it's like whatever they're doing now. It's like eh, you know, I I I think you got to have those kind of yeah. people involved, and I think that's part of the reason they they do carry the actors forward through all the movies. It's yeah. kind of like um, it's one of those kind of lightning in a bottle things, but yet they were able to do it at least three times, you know, yeah. which is is like super impressive. So um, yeah, um, yeah, I think Scream is one of Wes Craven's best movies, you know. Um, I haven't even seen all of his movies. No, I haven't seen all of them, but um, I've seen a lot of them. I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street, that that was another one. Like, Well, I, that was, like, groundbreaking, and it's a fun movie. Well, yeah, I, think, like, I mean, like, when I first saw that, it was just like... I don't know if technically it's his best. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a, it's some of the effects and things are super yeah. are janky, but, which is why the it, there was so much potential for the remake of that, but then that was totally, speaking of bad remakes. Oh, no, yeah. yeah they don't. Don't that, but we don't need to get into... I thought I was sidetracked before. Yeah, we don't... Let's we talk don't, about Kevin Smith again. We, yeah, we don't need to get into that, but... Um, uh, so yeah, Scream Four. I recommend it um, with a, just a little, little bit of a little, little <laughs> bit of hesitancy in my voice. A yeah. little, little bit more hesitancy than would have been there ten years ago. It's funny because when you started to say that you weren't like it didn't hold up in the same way, and I started to think about it. I'm like, yeah, it didn't really. I guess I really am into that kind of the ending, and it was kind of yeah. I don't know. But I bet if you would have watched, like, like over, over four nights or three nights, if yeah. you wanted to skip number three in a series... I did series, want to go back. You would, have, you would have loved it. Because it's, yeah. like, as, a, as, like, this soap opera story of these characters, mm-hmm. and, like, every movie has kind of something to say in that kind of yeah. meta formula. It's super satisfying. You know, but ten years later, on its own, maybe isn't as exciting... Which I think, again, is why it didn't make the impact in theaters. So yeah. now that the time has passed, now that there's as much time between this movie and now and Scream 3 and this, and this movie, go back and watch it um, with the other movies. Everyone, please remember that Scream 4 exists. You oh, know and get I mean? the collection that has all four of them. Yeah, you have a great collection that puts all four of them together. Yep. It's um, the only one that I know of. It's a Canadian, which is release. telling, you know. Yes. Like I, I think because I think I, I don't, don't know why that is. I don't know. I think it might be like it made. No, it was with a different studio because it was. The I think same people. Studio, I but. think people just forget it. I think people just. But even even that, it's yeah. like I don't know if they leave it out on purpose. I think there'd have to be a reason. Yeah, I think they just. I think people just forget <laughs> about it. I mean, I do. I think it just yeah. didn't make the impact. And it's. But there is a good uh, good collection. That mm-hmm. has all four of them. It's a Canadian one. All right. So that's our official dumpster dive recommendation. Yes. Um, I don't remember I, how much I paid for it, but it, it wasn't super A dumpster dive. I'm sure you got a dumpster dive approved bargain on it. Uh, yes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and enter this code for your coupon. Yeah. And and again, that's I think that's the end note. That's the perfect way to watch it. In mm-hmm. in the context, in the series with the other movies, if you want, you can skip number I three. think that's why it works more for me, too, is like I'm really into the Scream movies. Yep. Like, I've seen them. 
I'm sure more than you have yeah. probably. So yeah. Yeah. So if you were a Scream fan back in the day, for whatever reason you you haven't seen Scream Four, you skipped Scream Four. Um, yeah, don't skip. Or skip you've been, three. or you've been led to believe that Scream Four is like a, a much lesser movie, um, which it isn't. It just kind of missed its cultural moment. Yeah. You know? And if you sat through the third one, you, you can, can watch you can four. watch Scream Four and you'd be delighted yeah. with it. Yeah. So there you go. All right, Scream Four. Um, anything else on it before we move on to the no. final segment here? That's it. All right, cool. Well, I had fun watching it again. Um, so now we'll jump. Into... That, it always feels like it's something that I'm making you watch. <laughs> It, sometimes it's like an assignment, but um, I, will, I think you like that though. I will. I, I, you gave me a few choices, and I was like, let's let's watch Scream okay, Four yeah, because yeah. you know I get passionate about those movies that they don't get the reception that I feel mm-hmm. they deserve. Yeah, I mean, you have talked about was, Scream Four a lot. This was too. definitely one of those movies. I'm like, and 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 it's also like I want to kind of figure out in my head like why didn't people like this more, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think I kind of figured it out a little bit this yeah, time. Yeah, I think that's like, true. Oh yeah, it's just kind of missed its. It missed its moment, you know. It was like it was a little too out of context. It was either too early or or too late, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just kind of like in between that. Like I say, there was. I don't no, know if that speaks well for the remake or whatever the hell they're making now. Well, I'll tell you, I'm not excited <laughs> about it. I mean, a good movie is a good movie, and you can yeah. arrive at a good movie in a lot of different ways. But in my opinion, the Scream franchise, the real Scream fan- franchise, is done. Yeah, I think so too. The only reason I'd see it is because I like Ready or Not. So yeah, it, well, exactly. And it'll if it's its own thing and it's great, that's awesome. But like the 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 classic Scream franchise is over, yeah. you know, and it it has to with be. a fitting end. Yeah, I think so. A fitting final note. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. So let's move on to something completely different, as we we do at the end of our episodes. Um. And do our it's beat, gonna be do our Beyond the Dive segment. Um, so this is uh, where we get caught up on anything else we've been reading or watching or mm-hmm. thinking about or doing, um, because we don't just watch horror movies or cult movies. Just mainly. Just pr- primarily. But uh, So do you want to go first with your Beyond the Dive pick recommendation? <laughs> okay. what else I'll go because I don't have a lot and it might be kind of dumb. All right. Mine is, as we were talking, I was like, oh, it could technically be related. Because, see, the screen movies make you overthink things. Mm-hmm. So you think there's connections there? Okay. So I was watching some, uh, it's a YouTube guy. Okay. Who does... Uh, Mine is YouTube related too. Is it really? Somewhat, yeah. I mean, I came to it through YouTube. Mine is, I don't exactly know how to pronounce his name. It's Nick DiRamio, DiRamio, something like that. And he, <laughs> he's looking at me in disbelief. Because if I'm right, I just discovered this a few days ago. <laughs> Are you serious? If it's the guy I'm thinking of, so go on. <laughs> this is going to be amazing. Because uh, I saw some, and I thought you wouldn't be into this because um, I came to it from some video I saw. Um, he was like, I forget the title of it. He's like, I found some shitty um, religious TV show on Pure Flix. And I read that as a description. I was like, did I make a video 10 years exactly. ago? Exactly. <laughs> Jordan, let me interrupt your Beyond the Dive choice and say... Yeah, oh, God, I wish you had gotten his name exactly right. What did you think I think about? it's DeRamio. Nick DeRamio? Yeah. I literally discovered this four, what? four or five days ago. I don't know, random YouTubing. I came across this. and, and well, I There's got to be something in the water, though. That's a weird coincidence. Maybe. It must have been a video that we both watched. Some The algorithm caught something. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Because well, me and you have similar Take. So yeah, okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold back and let you take this one. But that wasn't the thing you were gonna talk I th- about. I I thought it? of you when I first saw it, um, 
And yeah, I've just discovered this. I was just watching one last night. Okay. Um, of course, that's so weird, isn't it? Of course, the Pure Flix ones are the best. Yes, that's <laughs> that's how I got into it. Well, see, the thing is, I didn't think this would be a good recommendation for you because you're not into the bad movie aspect, of right? It. And I'm not either. I'm into it for a different reason. Like, yeah. I think it's stupid to like bad movies yeah. and just watch We've bad movies. We've talked about that. Yeah. It's just it's a dumb thing to be into yeah. and to be your thing. Yep. But at the same time, I think there's shit you can learn from bad movies. Mm-hmm. And, like, simply put, they can be hilarious. Okay? Yeah. Just that. And his videos are really funny. They are so fucking <laughs> like, They funny. made me laugh so much. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is amazing. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that Pure Flix one. Um, what was it? Okay. So the reason I got really into it is I randomly watched it because I love that title. So explain, <laughs> I knew this, so explain who this guy is and what he does, essentially. Like, what is Well, his, he's his just channel. a YouTuber who just, yep. like, he's basically sitting at his desk with his computer, like, explaining. He does, well, he does a lot of different things, yes. but I've only watched, like, the movie. He does clip breakdowns. Yep. So he does, like, reviews of movies that, and it's funny because these are movies that are, like, totally outside my wheelhouse, but I started watching them and I'm like... <laughs> It was really interesting yeah. because what became really apparent. Well, I'll explain who. He, I mean, that's kind of who he is. Yeah, that's, exactly. I, really I, just want, to, I just wanted to get that on the record. I don't know what he, else to say. Yeah, about no, it. that's that's totally. totally but what it is. I started watching like the Pure Flix ones, and he kind of talks. He goes like technical. Yeah, I was gonna say he is. Um, I haven't watched a lot of him yet, but you can tell like he has some. I think he went to film school. He has some. He knows that's, what he's talking about. That's what exactly. Which is was, super rare. That's exactly what I was gonna say yeah. because <laughs> it became really apparent. I, I watched it because I thought it would be like just a joke video, right? And that and it is. I mean, it's supposed to be funny. What was the first one you watched? The shits, the crappy shits. Yes, yes. that was the first one I saw. Yes. See, so we must have watched the same YouTube video. Weird. And an algorithm caught it and brought it up. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. But anyway, go on. Yeah, as soon as he started, because he'll break it down. He'll be like, mainly he's just making fun of it, but he's making fun of it in a way where he's like, you know, the the makeup they're using here is like, because he's, he's a gay YouTuber. Yeah. He talks, he does like, um, like Cheetah Girls videos and Camp Rock yep. videos, like yep. the Disney Channel original movies. I watched, which uh, is like fascinating. <laughs> yeah, I watched uh, High School Musical three. His, okay, his, his breakdown. I don't know that. if I saw that one. Yeah, I, I watched that last night. Yeah. I watched the Camp Rock one where he's like, oh, at least they're done doing that duck walk dance. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and then he cuts to it again. And then there was, I think it was the Cheetah Girls one where they were doing the dance. And then he edits in the, the Pepto-Bismol commercial where they go, Naja, Harper, indigestion, <laughs> up to stomach, diarrhea. <laughs> like he edits idea. it in and it's like flawless. Like yeah, he's a really yeah. good editor. But uh, the thing, you basically said it. I started watching it and I was like, I watched it as a joke. I'm like, this guy knows what the fuck he's talking yeah. about. Like, he knows. Like, And those people did, always he, stand out. Cause like he went to NYU. Right. Like, when, I found out later. He went to film school. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course he went to film school. He knows, like, yeah. um, like script, how to put the script together, character motivations, how to edit things, because he edits his own videos. And you can tell, because he yeah. edits himself. And ju- just in our, one more time, that's what immediately always makes these guys stand out because yes. like when you that's say, what did it for me like when you say like oh this is a guy who comments on video bad movies on right. youtube you're like oh yeah there's a million idiots like that well that's because do that but it's like yeah but every once in a while you get one that knows what they're talking yep. about and they immediately stand out and, that's does, what I was gonna, and it's hilarious that's what i was going to say initially is like i started watching it because i thought it was kind of just a joke funny thing to watch and immediately became apparent yeah. i'm like yep he knows exactly what he's doing he knows exactly yep. what he's talking about kind of like that one of us so it's kind of fun yeah <laughs> So it's kind of funny, and it's interesting to see him. He'll talk about, and he'll mention, like, good things in it, too. 
if, even if it's a movie he hates, he's right. like, here's something that they did really well. Here's right. something that I would have done. Which is another tell for someone who really knows what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and he'll throw out ideas. He's like, I don't know, maybe make the characters do this instead. Yep, yep. And then I'd be like, I was thinking, like, God, he's right. Yeah. And it, it's almost like going to a little bit of a film class. Right. So. And it's funny because it's on movies that I I really wouldn't watch anyway. Well, you but might they, watch they follow some of, co- yeah, you might watch some of them because, I probably of would. course, the best ones are the Pure Flix movies. Yes. And I've heard of Pure Flix, but after watching that, I was like, I might want to look in how much a Pure Flix... Uh, right, because is. this is when we need to start, we need to reveal something about you. Because when I was watching all those <laughs> horror films when I was 10, 11, 12 Well, I old, was watching them, too. Yeah, but you, you, have, a, you have a secret <laughs> uh, obsession <laughs> with religious television and religious movies. They're just funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's I why, don't know what else to say about that's it. That's why I thought of you when I saw like his, his take. No, literally, that's the whole reason why I started watching it is because I read that description. And it was just like, I found some shitty... Yeah, it was a Schitt's Creek ripoff. Oh, man. And, and the other one is the... It's like a Cheetah Girls ripoff. Yeah, I saw that one. Where they had the photo, where they they had the photo shoot at the end. Yes. He's like, all right, are you guys ready for the their photo shoot finally that they've been building (laughs) up for the whole episode? And then they show this shitty photo shoot. He's like, and then he's He's like, like, I would have kept the one with the extras. Yeah. He's like, (laughs) we okay, okay, we get it. There are a lot of wires on the floor. Because it's so unthoughtfully, like, composed, these images. And he's like, yeah, I don't know if I would have picked the one where none of them are looking at the camera, and <laughs> one of the extras is photoshopped out. Yeah. Because <laughs> she accidentally No, he said shot. that was his favorite. He's like, that's our cover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That is amazing. I cannot believe we just both discovered Oh, that's this. weird. That's so awesome. I thought I was going to throw out something weird, and you're going to be like, what the fuck are you no, talking about? No, I love about? it. I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm actively watching I don't watch them. all his videos, because yeah. he does, like... He does stuff where he rips on, like, other YouTubers, and I don't know these other yeah, people, yeah. so I don't want, really watch those. The main ones I've seen, are the, he'll do, like, an hour-long one where he breaks down a movie. Those yeah. are the ones that I've watched. Yeah. I see he does, like, music videos, too, which is like, eh, nah. Well, the other ones that I really like are the ones that... Um, he does, like, low-budget horror movies, too. Yeah, I haven't watched any of those. The, the other ones I've watched... Watch other, the Smiley one. Okay, the ones I've watched, other than the religious ones, are, like, old... Um, MTV dating shows from like the early 2000s. Oh, see, I haven't watched. I saw uh, those are on his page. Yeah, like he does those. Room Raiders. Yeah, because he's like, I've, yeah, because I've I've read like the titles and it's like I I found this cringy dating video. Right. <laughs> like I haven't thought about Room Raiders and like yeah since the last time I turned off the last episode I watched of Room Raiders and like him breaking this out. You're like, holy shit! He did post a new episode today. That's the other thing is that he's really prolific too. He, and he, he does two a week. He did um, a shot at love with Tila Tequila. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> that, That's actually like, a show that I did watch. When, <laughs> I yeah. don't know why. Because yeah. I love bad stuff for yeah, some reason. Yeah, it's like, it's amazing. So, say his name one more time. Nick Duramio. Okay, the great pick. This is amazing. It's Duramio or Duramio? Yeah, Duramio. Duramio, yeah. Uh, really funny, and yes. and that's the thing to emphasize. Like you'll laugh like all the way. Yes, really funny. Really, he's funny. just he's very funny, and he knows what the fuck he's talking about when he talks about like breaking down movies. So, yeah, yeah, smart, really humor. good. Yeah, awesome, awesome pick. That's <laughs> so funny that we both. I guarantee you, it was when we both watched like Cartoon's Case oh, or yeah. something, and something in the algorithm. Oh yeah, must have. Cause, yeah, I don't know how I would have come across because you know i don't YouTube, know how me watching YouTube, judge judy videos yeah on YouTube. youtube is like one of these that there's so no, you're you're right it had so controlled like so like the youtube you look at is totally different than anyone yeah. else because it's just like hey you like this see 
10 other things like this, you know what I mean? It had to be something like that, because that's too random. Yeah, somehow I got on I seriously thought I was going to bring up something, and you'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, it must have been like people people who watch this also like this, or something like that. Well, that's mine. Yeah, that's a great one. Well, um, mine I came through... Through Netflix as well, through Pureflix, through through um through YouTube as well, oh. not not Pureflix, but uh, yeah, I, I also am intrigued by this Pureflix. We're gonna do a Pureflix movie. Oh man, get your so, subscriptions, everybody. So my official recommendation, and I I don't have a lot to say about mine, but this is kind of what I've been sort of obsessed with lately. Mm-hmm. Is um so my official recommendation is for um Norm Macdonald Live. Oh yes, I know you've been into and uh, Norm Macdonald has a show. Which are, essentially, it's the same show. It's the mm-hmm. two incarnations of Norm MacDonald's talk show. Um, they're both the same thing, but they're different names? Yeah, so it, okay. like, it started out as, um, I was just doing like, a little bit of research on it. Did you rebrand it or something? Yeah, it started out on like um, like the video podcast network as Norm MacDonald Live. Okay. And it's like him... And he has, like, a sidekick, Adam Egid, who's, like, he manages the comedy store. He's not a professional comedian, but he's, uh-huh. there. he's a really good foil. Um, and they interview – it's just an interview show. It's a very, very, like, casual, beyond casual yeah. talk show. Um, well, unlike our, my recommendation, I've never seen a single – Yeah, episode. that ran – I love Norm MacDonald. Yeah, he's Norm MacDonald Live. And then, like, it went to YouTube. And so it ran for, like, three seasons. So there's at, there's at least, like, 25, maybe more episodes. But didn't you say it's on Netflix? Yeah, of Norm MacDonald Live. Then that ended. And then a couple years later, it was revived as Norm MacDonald Has a Show on okay. Netflix. Same show, same format. That one I've heard of. You know, a little, maybe a little bit more money behind it. But same same thing. Um, and, uh, there's only 10 episodes of that. Um, and the kicker here is that for some reason, when, um, Netflix got their show, um, they had YouTube take down all but the first three episodes oh, of Norman yeah. Live. They're very proprietary. But you can still find them. You know what I mean? So yeah. I can't make a official recommendation of where to do that here. But well, I watch Howard Stern. Yeah, YouTube if too, if you so. want to find uh, all every episode of Normatown Live, you can find it. Yes. Um, but not the best quality, probably. But start. Go ahead and start with Norm Macdonald has a show. How, how current is it? Like, what is it from? Is it from uh, the last 2018 year? Twenty eighteen like, was okay. Norm has a show, and there's always talk about reviving it. You know what I mean? So the reason I love it is, and how I became obsessed with it is because like. We're like, this whole show is like stuff we used to like when we were kids. <laughs> but like back in the day, I was really like, I love stand up comedy. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, you know, like anything, if you watch enough of it, you get kind of an eye for it. And like, my. And Norm was one of the best. My favorite stand up comedian, I mean, he was my number one favorite, was Norm MacDonald. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say like, I knew Norm MacDonald before anybody knew him, but I kind of knew Norm MacDonald before anybody else knew him. I'm. I, I mean, once he was famous enough to be on national television, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you discovered him in your. Living I used to room. watch him on like evening at the Improv, and I'm like, well, he's the best. He's the best of all the stand-up yeah. comedians. Many of whom went on to be famous. Some, many of whom didn't. Um, that was before his SNL. Yeah, he was super famous, and then like, and then whenever I tell people who Norm Macdonald is, they're like, who is he? Because he's not like Chris Rock or something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, I'm like. He's very much, he is who he is, so he doesn't promote himself that way. Exactly. Much. So, like, the most famous... That's kind of his strength, So, I think though. the thing he's most famous for probably is he did the news on Saturday Night Live, and he might be even more famous um, 
that he got fired from yeah, that and was very, very public talking about the weekend update. He was great. At, that was like the mm. perfect job for him. Yeah. Cause it's really hard. Yeah, Cause he didn't play characters. Yeah. It's really hard for him to describe like his style. Or it's, it's hard to describe like his style of comedy. It's like very casual, very off yeah. the cuff. Yeah. That's what I always think when I think of his comedy. I think of just like real it's like natural Anthony style. Well, it's like, it's like he's just natural and it's like, it's, and he's it got more conversation. And he's gotten anybody. more like that as he's gone along. So basically like, even though Norm Macdonald has a show is like, and Norm Macdonald Live are my, my my official recommendations for this episode, I'm kind of just recommending Norm Macdonald mm-hmm. because like I went down well, a, all roads will lead there. Yeah, because I went down a YouTube rabbit hole. I'm like, yes. and and I because I lost track of him after Saturday Night Live. Well, he kind of had a few like public. Uh, yeah, he there's some. Yeah, the, didn't there, he like lose a lot of his money? Like he, I know he had like a gambling. Problem. Yeah, so this is basically what I've been doing. I've been like getting. Caught oh, okay. up. See, I, like, I I don't want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I barely know. I've been getting caught up on like a de- couple decades worth of Norm Macdonald's career, <laughs> um, and the show is like the most recent thing he's done. It's kind of one of the best. It's great. Um, so he still got it. A hundred percent. He's better now because like if you watch like his older stuff versus like. Um, what he does now, he's like a lot of people as they get older. Howard Stern is very much like this. He kind of slows down a little yeah. bit. He kind of has a slower way of talking and speaking. Yeah. It's very like soothing. And he gives probably less fucks. And the old Norm Macdonald gave no fucks. Yeah, but it's also <laughs> it's also very like funny. So like the format of the new show, I'm jumping all over the place. But like the format of the new show, before I forget, is just like he and Adam. You get to have a little kind of like comedy riff monologue dialogue at the mm-hmm. beginning they do a, an interview either a half hour or an hour depending on which version of the show you're watching with a guest guests are people like judge judy you mentioned yeah larry, I have to watch larry king um david letterman um after he had finished with his show um kevin nealon people he's friends with people he's just interested in talking to like uh, jane fonda mm-hmm. um so it's just, it's great. And it's his whole thing with the show is like, when they brought him the idea, he's like, I'll do it, but I only want to inter- interview people I'm personally interested in talking to. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just have on the popular person just to promote, to promote their thing. Their show, just, yeah. If I'm interested in this country singer or this whoever, like, I'll have them on and I'll talk to them. And then at the end of the show, it's great. They like, they have pre-written jokes that he and his writers came up with, and they and the guests read the jokes. It doesn't okay. sound like much. It's hard for me to picture. It's so funny, and I love oh, okay. it, and it works so well, and it's just like, it's the perfect thing, like, sit down with a drink at the end of the night and watch Norm mm-hmm. McDonald's talk show. It's super relaxing, super funny. It's wonderful. Um, but yeah, like, uh, his career, like, he got fired from Saturday Night Live. He talked about that very publicly. Something you said about OJ. Well, that was kind of the the story that yeah. like um, the oh, I'm sure he of, has a different one of the of producers. It. I just remember him talking about what happened on Letterman. Well, well, yeah, one of the well, the funniest thing he said about it was like he got the call from the guy who fired him, and then the the rumor. Norm Macdonald doesn't say this, um, but every, everyone said like, oh, it's because that guy was kind of friends with OJ, and he was like going too hard on OJ on the yeah, jokes. But yeah. Norm Macdonald's like, I don't think that was really it. But whatever. Um, he probably just didn't like Norm. But the funniest thing he said about it was like. Um, he, you know, in Norm Macdonald's style, he's like, uh, he's like, oh yeah, what's going on? Because the, the guy called him, he's like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to fire you. And Norm's like, oh, well, that's no good there. Uh, well, why are you doing that? Uh, that's not good news, you know? And, and the guy says, he's like, well, you're not funny. 
And Narn's like, oh, oh, that's terrible. He's like, well that's, well, that's even worse news. Now I have nothing to fall back on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, see, that's what I mean by he's so natural. It's like nothing even faces him. Right. Just, well, he would, he made that appearance on Letterman, like, the day he was fired. Like, the yeah. announcement hadn't even been made yet. Yeah, Letterman's I think like, I remember that. And maybe. Letterman's like, hey, I heard about this. And, like, you know, he's like, yeah, hey, this is what happened, you know. And I like, remember there, he was talking about how he got called into that guy's office, Don Olmeyer. Goes, yeah, there you go. And then he he goes, yeah, he gave me an umbrella. <laughs> he goes, what, he just giving away party fairs? He goes, yeah, anything on the top shelf you could have. <laughs> right. I don't yeah. know why I remember that. It's just yeah. like, so funny. But Norm's, and then Norm's like, well, no, he's a good guy. And like Letterman's like, no, he just fired Norm. He's not a good yeah. guy. He's an idiot. Oh, this yeah. Guy would not, this is like, why we went Letter- to Nick DeRomeo Let- because we both Letter- watched that video. Yeah, Letterman, I remember that probably one. is. Letterman's like, I know this guy. This guy's an idiot. He wouldn't know good comedy. He's try- you know, but yes. Norm's like laid back. He's like, eh, whatever. Yeah. You know? But, you know, then Norm had a couple of sitcoms, apparently. I never watched oh, any, yes. any yes. of those and all this stuff. Um, he got in a little bit of trouble for defending people like Louis C.K. and Roseanne Barr oh, at really? one point. Yeah, a little bit. Well, and I, I have to say, too, like, when I first started, like, like binge-watching anything Norm MacDonald on YouTube, which mm-hmm. there's plenty of. I mean, there's videos that are, oh, yeah. like, fall asleep to 12 hours of Norm MacDonald radio interviews. And I'm like, yes, please, I will do that. Um, but um, when I first started watching these, some of them are, like... Um, on these YouTube channels that you can tell are these kind of like conservative, like channels, and it's not like, with Norm, but talking about it? no, 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 like like just people like sharing his clips, but oh, they'll yeah. they'll have titles of like Norm Macdonald like owns the libs or something. I'm like, oh shit, did Norm Macdonald like? Yes, he's one of those like Adam Carolla where they try to like squeeze him. In right, that and area. so that's I kind of saw those first. I'm like, oh shit, did Norm Macdonald like go down this yep. path? But then you but then start you watching him, him yep. and you're like, nah, he's like an equal opportunity offender. Adam Carolla is the same. He'll way. say I exact fucking hate way. Hillary Clinton. Here's why. Yep. But he's like, no, you guys are idiots for voting for for Trump, this racist yep. asshole, and all this kind yep. of stuff. Like he's just his own person. He doesn't fall into either ideology. Right. So be wary of that if you go down the rabbit hole I went and you just be aware that like these kind of like right wing YouTubers have kind of tried to claim Norm Macdonald, mm-hmm. but. Norm Macdonald is very much his own guy. He did not go down that path. Yeah, he's said opinions that aren't popular about... He's never made a movie on Pure Flix. Yeah, he's said he's... But he is a Christian. You know what I'm saying? He oh, is he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. But he doesn't, like, fit mm-hmm. into either one of these boxes. He's just yeah. his own guy, totally individual, totally not, like, career-oriented, which is probably why, like, you know, yeah. Hollywood has never really found a perfect place for him. But um, I think the best way to experience him right now... Watch the 10 episodes of Norm MacDonald Has a Show on Netflix. Those are the half-hour versions. They're very good. Which is the Judge Judy one? That's on Netflix. Okay. Yep. That one I'll watch. Yeah, it's very good. It's good. It's really good. And yeah. he has, like, I believe it. totally I casual, like, Norm a lot. like, honest conversations. I like Norm a lot, but I haven't seen anything with Norm See, that's what maybe 20 years. That's maybe. what I did. And then it's, like, the great thing is you now have decades worth of, like, great material. So I'm watching all his Howard Stern interviews. And oh, yeah. I guess that. I have seen that with him yeah. and Artie. Oh, it's just it's just fantastic. And then of course I get on a Howard Stern binge, but that's a whole yes. thing. So all right, this is like way too much about Norm Macdonald. So check out Norm Macdonald has a show on Netflix. He also has a comedy special on there, which is definitely worth yeah, checking out too. Yeah. So 
Um, Did you watch that too? Yeah, it's very good, very funny, and that, that's fairly fairly recent too. So it gives you an okay. idea of the kind of stuff he's doing right now. And I hope the show comes back. They're always talking about like everyone. Well, that's why I was wondering about how recent it is. If yeah, you can tell if it's done or what. It was 2018, but like in interviews, he or Adam Egit, they they will say like, oh yeah, we're working on, it. we want to bring it back mm-hmm. and do like a new thing. They're so. probably looking for a place to put it. I think so. Yeah, and a way to make it work. And yeah, and you is, don't really retool it. You just yeah, and find a different. It's place obviously to put it. the kind of thing that like normal. Dell does because he wants to do it and it makes mm-hmm. sense for him to do it so like if that series of circumstances comes together again I'm sure he'll do it and I hope they do because I think it's just is fantastic so um, yeah start with Norm McDonald has a show on Netflix and then go from there you know like just YouTube it you know go <laughs> and just go on YouTube and just never have a life go nuts like, with the, I haven't left my, I haven't left ethos. my house in six uh, months because <laughs> I'm, I'm watching I'm YouTube right now watching Norm McDonald videos but they're they're all fantastic okay. they have a great compilation on YouTube that's like um, Literally every single one of his Letterman appearances, because Letterman yes, was his, I remember Letterman was his favorite show. He tells the story about Bill Cosby. So like he he's on there from like when he's like his first like appearance when he's mm-hmm. doing the routines. And I you can tell Letterman really about. liked him. They they have such a, yeah he yeah, did they good chemistry. And then like his last appearance, it was either Letterman's last show or it was that week when he knew he was yep, leaving. Yep. So and he Norm, had all his favorites. Yeah, right? and Norm Macdonald he he retold. I Letter- think Norm guest hosted when. Letterman Maybe had his heart yeah, surgery too. he did. Yep, because I saw this too. And then he told like a, a his favorite joke that Letterman told from when Norm was younger. Uh-huh. And then he actually got like choked up like during Norm the, did. Yeah, during oh, the routine, weird. like saying like how much Letterman meant to him. It's like, I, <laughs> and he said like I didn't plan for that. Well, no. that's what I mean. He is who he is. He's yeah, just, like, so it's everything you see is Norm. really cool. So like Norm huh. Macdonald, don't let the you know right wing. You know, guys claim him. Yeah, he I don't is, think I he is everyone's comedian, that. and he deserves a, a, a second. He's the look. comedian's comedian. Oh my god, I said way more about Norm Macdonald <laughs> than I intended to. I think I, t- I feel like I talked about that longer than we talked about Scream. <laughs> <laughs> They're all good. What a weird Watch Scream and what a weird podcast we have. <laughs> but this way that we've been talking at the end here, this is the start. This is like what Norm Macdonald show is like, except okay. except funnier and better. But, okay, you know what I mean. It's very like. What do you want to talk about? And he doesn't talk about horror movies. Casual, laid back. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan is one of his guests uh-huh. on okay. the Netflix version. Okay. So check it out. It's And you would like it because you like um, real conversation. You know, it's not like... As great as Letterman yeah, I don't, is, I don't like it's scripted. not like, oh, yeah, we, uh, uh, so I heard you adopted a pet the other day. What's that about? And then the guy goes into a routine about his pet. It's like real conversation yes. about among interesting people. Okay. So, yeah, I do like that. I like, I like the laid-back, casual yeah. nature. And like your, your recommendation, funny. Like, you're going to laugh a lot. So. Yep. I'm literally, I talk way too much. That's good, though. I love I'm, like, arm. exhausted. All right, you got to do the wrap up. I'm too tired now. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what it is. <laughs> I don't think next we, week? No, yeah, it's not even next week. We don't have a See, wrap up. See, I screwed up. it up already. All right. Well, we're going to turn off our recording devices and end this merciful, mercifully. Uh, give, oh, yeah, that was pretty long. Give this episode a mercy killing. You can edit out some of my normal time. <laughs> but, um, all right. So, Scream 4, check it out. Um, edit out Scream 4. Nick. Deramio, Deramio. Nick Deramio or Deramio, check him out on YouTube. You can find him. Norm MacDonald has a show. Check it out on Netflix and go from there. And check out the next episode of Dumpster Dive. We'll be back before you know it. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye.